0: Hello again my gorgeous fabulous listeners and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glow West podcast and we're here to chat all about sex, sexuality and the body. As always I'm your host Dr Caroline West and I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network where you can find an absolute ton of pol- podcasts all on politics, culture, society, and of course me with sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash tortoise. There I think we're up to about 50 podcasts a month at this stage. So it really does help us keep the mics on and you get a ton of content to choose from. Um, you can pl- you can rate and review on Apple if you want and if you want to reach out to me you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram. It's at Glow West Podcast. So we're talking about something today that might give us a sense of peace and calmness and we kind of need that I think at the moment when it comes to a lot of areas in life. Thank you COVID. Um, so I have the perfect guest to here to chat to me about this today. So today I'm talking to Portia Brown who is the founder of sexology.com which is a blog and social media platform that helps women and femmes identify who they are as sexual beings. She primarily works as a sex educator and sex coach and Portia believes that we're all divine and deserving of pleasure and she spends her days exposing her own truths and troubles as a means to help others. When she's not talking about sex she's indulging in her own pleasure practices, cooking or watching Survivor with her boyfriend, fellow reality trash TV lover here. She can be found most easily through her Instagram account which is Froetic Sexology. Portia thanks Emil for joining me
1: today. I hope you're keeping well and not freezing over there. (laughs) Oh yes thank you so much for having me. We are getting a break in the weather. We just had a horrible snowstorm. I'm in Um, Brooklyn New York so it's very cold um, but it's starting to look a little bit like spring so I'm happy about that Um, otherwise things are good and I'm really excited to have this chat with you brilliant I just think it's such a lovely topic
0: and I think maybe sometimes We can be guilty, um, the podcast and everyone else, about about focusing on, I suppose, the more practical elements of sex and what we're doing with our genitals, but also our brain and our emotions are obviously quite important when it comes to sex. So first of all, how would you define what mindfulness is? I think it's, it's kind of become a bit of a buzzword sometimes, like yoga, mindfulness, tantra, and sometimes we don't really look at the meanings behind those words.
1: Of course, this is something that uh, for a lot of people, it feels inaccessible. People tie mind to these practices, um, as you mentioned, yoga, meditation and things like that, that people don't really feel like that thing, that practice may not be for me. And while mindfulness is in line with those things, with those practices, um, it's also just focusing on the task in front of you without any judgment that is mindful. That is mindfulness. I can mindfully have this conversation with you. I can mindfully wash my hair. I can mindfully water my plants. Whatever we do, um, we can tie mindfulness into those tasks. Uh, the example I often use is, you know, driving. A lot of people don't drive mindfully. We do it on autopilot. Um, and, Instead of trying to just focus on the thing that we're doing, we're thinking about a thousand other things. Um, but mindfulness is simply a practice that we can through line in our entire lives uh, easily every single day. It, well, there's a lot of
0: distractions in real life. And and it says me who's on my phone 24-7 for a lot of things. And, you know, you're constantly looking at different apps. You're absorbing so much stuff. It, it's kind of hard to just stop and focus in the moment and then if you add sex into the mix sex is such a complicated area for a lot of people and maybe an anxiety provoking area sometimes so how do we bring mindfulness in and be in the moment when it comes to sex when it's such a
1: you know complicated issue for a lot of people absolutely I think that part of the issue and the challenge that people have when it comes to mindfully engaging in intimacy is that we don't do it in other areas of our lives. That's part one, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. We don't have practice training our brain and making sort of those neural pathways uh, nice and strong. So our brain understands that when I'm doing something, I'm focusing on this thing. And it's not normal for me anymore to be doing my makeup and thinking about the next task that I have to do or whatever distraction is happening or the sound of your partner listening to TV in the in the other room or anything like that. So that's part one is finding ways to be mindful in other areas of our lives. So we have practice doing it for intimacy so that when we are intimate with our partner, our brains have kind of been trained to snap into place and be more focused and be more present and be more mindful. This is all beautiful in, you know, in essence and philosophically and theoretically, but we all know that real sex doesn't always happen that way. And for me, the part of the definition of mindfulness that is most important is without judgment. What does that mean? That means that if you're having a moment and you catch yourself slipping up, you catch yourself not being mindful, you don't berate yourself, you don't judge yourself, you don't come down harder on yourself and say, oh. You're not doing this right. You're not being present. Look at you. You're distracted. You're thinking about your laundry list of things. We're done having sex. Just observe, acknowledge that these thoughts have come in and try to bring yourself back to the moment that that's
0: hard I know when I've tried yoga and they're saying clear your mind and I think that lasts for about three seconds for me and then something else pops in and like you said I'm going oh can I just not like have a break from my mind for five minutes even and so then yeah you get caught up in the whole circle of it of just going just focus and then your brain is just like it's the wrong kind of mood so how do we Mm. start doing that then when it comes to things like sex and and getting in the mood so obviously it's it's going to start before we start getting naked, maybe, or getting kind of in the in the moment, so to speak, there's a little bit of prep work,
1: maybe? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, one of the most important tools that we have, whether we're having sex, or whether we are doing something non sexual is our breath, when we want to be mindful, doing things like just taking a few really simple deep breaths can help to ground us and bring us back into that moment and also help us prepare mentally, physically, emotionally, and help us make the pivot from, oh, I'm doing dishes and watching TV and scrubbing the floors. Now, all of a sudden, I got to be sexy, right? Making that pivot, using something really simple, like a few minutes of breath work can help and having those practices outside of the bedroom. Then when you actually are being intimate and you are in the moment, employing those same tools, um, doing simple mental grounding exercises to help bring your body and mind back together. But really the most important thing is trying to find low stakes situations where you can be mindful, really simple everyday tasks we can begin to work on. And again, doing so without judgment, without high ambitions of like, I'm going to meditate 20 minutes a day and have a clear clear, completely blank mind for 20 minutes a day. That's impossible, right? So finding things that are attainable for you and tailoring that definition to who you are and what you're capable of in that moment is most important.
0: It sounds like it's going to be something that gives you a better relationship with yourself, but also with your partner as well. If you're able to stop and be present, I think we can, you know, we can all maybe be a bit guilty of going through the motions when it comes to sex or not being fully kind of present sometimes for for about a billion different reasons. And that's fine. But maybe stopping and you know, those few moments, like you're saying, really maybe improve things like like your body image or body confidence, things like this, because sometimes that can be very much like slogany of like, just love yourself. And and that can be a little bit simplistic. And it's a process Mm -hmm. for for quite a lot of us. So does that help with that feeling of body confidence, which would then help with our sexual encounters also?
1: Absolutely. One of the biggest distractions, for women and for fems is worrying about our bodies, how our bodies look, or do we have cellulite showing? Is he looking at how saggy my boobs are, et cetera, et cetera. Mindfulness can help offset that, um, especially when you practice it outside of the bedroom and do things like what I like to call mirror work, mindfully looking at yourself in the mirror, taking images of yourself and looking at them without judgment. So that your brain is, has the programming and the understanding that this is not something to be judged, right? Your body is what is helping you have this awesome experience of, excuse me, of sex and of pleasure right now, right? Appreciate that. Um, and start to use the mantra of without judgment on yourself and on your body and on your partner's body because sometimes we'll see things on our partners and you're like whoa hey what's going on there you know but the process really calls for us to release judgment of ourselves and of those around us
0: do you think then that also applies to things like masturbation so when I when was looking up you know, content for the for this podcast, I came across a lot of mixture between mindfulness and tantric masturbation. Now, tantric, again, is another word that people often have misconceptions about and think it's like staying having sex for what it was it, 27 hours or something like that. Like who has the time, you know, as great as sex is, we have other stuff to do at the same time. But when it comes to masturbation, then how do we bring mindfulness
1: in, into that aspect? And what's the benefit of it? I love this question. And isn't it wild how words make concepts, practices, make them feel so unattainable? Things like tantra, things like meditation, mindfulness, et cetera, et cetera. It's weird how we the word association limits us. When in reality, these are things that we can all do really simply um, and tailor it to our unique needs so that we get the benefit that we actually need and that is actually best for us when it comes to mindfulness and masturbation or melding those two things and making it more of a more of a meditative process it really depends on what your what your issue is or what your challenges and what your benefit need is right for me i am a person who masturbates for like 4 minutes because that is very precise. (laughs) (laughs) I always say like four minutes, it's probably closer to between three and seven, depending on the day. But I don't, I don't often spend as much time masturbating for a long time as some people do. Right. Um, And that's because I'm a busy person. And I know that Once I have an orgasm, there's a benefit to it. It helps me focus. It sparks creativity. So it's something that I use as a tool to help me move through life. But if I am going to masturbate more mindfully and spend more time with myself, I really will take a moment to set the tone in my space, lower my lights. Maybe I'll play a certain type of music. I'll light some candles for myself, and I will ease more into the process, thinking of it as play with myself, right? Doing whatever I can to bring as many senses into the experience as I possibly can. This is another element of mindfulness that I really love. And the day that I realized that sensation was really about my senses, your five senses, sight, smell, taste, sound, touch, I think that's all five. Um, bringing all five of those things into my experience helps me be more mindful. Can I turn my essential oil diffuser on and throw my favorite essential oil in there? That's one sense. How can I bring texture into the experience? Am I gonna use um, a, a toy that allows me to experiment with temperature play or texture play or things like that? What kind of music am I playing it at the moment so that my sound and auditory experience is enhanced, right? How can I bring as many senses into this experience as possible to help me be more mindful. Our senses are what help us be more grounded and be more present and be more mindful. So that is one way that I like to bring bring mindfulness to my masturbation practices. And I can also take a moment before I begin and before I initiate intimacy with myself and maybe set an intention, maybe say, I want to observe my thoughts without judgment during this next 10, 20, however long minutes. Um, or I want to journal after I'm done and just monitor how I'm feeling. Whatever those intentions are, see if you can set an, atten- an intention beforehand, right? So that it can be a more meditative, mindful experience, if that's what you want. It sounds
0: like a good use for bullet journals. They seem to be quite popular nowadays and we can bring them into that as well. I I just love the way you're speaking there and it's it's just really striking me of just being really open and calm and I know masturbation is usually something that's shrouded in taboo and silence and you know sometimes it's done super quick and it's not you know it's almost kind of viewed as like maintenance or something like that rather and the main event is you know sexual um intercourse with our partners so it's like this snack as opposed to the meal kind of thing and i like that you're making more of a production out of it because like why not you know it just seems like that self-love is such a grounding force for ourselves and for our relationships if that's where we want to be in relationships and and things like that so it sounds like a lovely way of um just I suppose bringing peace to yourself and and you know god we all need it at the moment for for covid times and things like that so I wonder um like getting to know yourself like that is obviously such a good thing because then you can communicate with a partner. But I know even before we get to actually having sex with partners, communicating about desire and sex and pleasure and all that can be quite stressful for some people. So can you bring mindfulness into that communication process of, of thinking, how can I tell my partner what works for me and make this like a much better
1: sexual encounter between us? Absolutely. that People ask me how do I communicate all the time because we all want to get sex right and we understand that obviously in order to do that we have to be effective communicators and it's so scary that sometimes we get paralyzed and we don't we don't say anything right because we don't we're so afraid of saying the wrong thing that we don't say anything my advice when it comes to mindfully communicating your sexual needs is to number one focus on the good if you emphasize what is going well, your partner is likely going to do more of that and less of the thing that you don't enjoy as much. So if you really enjoy oral sex, be enthusiastic about it, affirm the hell out of them and let them know when you do this, this, and this, it feels great and makes me feel like this. And I'm thinking about it all the time, right? So that way they know, okay, this is what my partner likes and I need to do more of that to give them the satisfaction that they want because when they're satisfied, they can satisfy me, right? It's all a, a cyclical exchange. The other thing that I like to offer is to have people do what I call a compliment sandwich. This is something that we hear in, corporate, in the corporate world and in work settings, right? If someone's going to give a critique it should come with an affirmation first or a, a bit of positive feedback first, the negative feedback second, and then more com- more compliments at the end, right? So that way your partner hears, okay, I'm doing good. There's a little bit of improvement that can be made, but overall I'm doing well, right? But your first approach or your first method of communicating mindfully should always be just emphasizing the good, unless they're doing something in the moment that is harm hurting you, making you uncomfortable or needs to be addressed in the moment um, then gently say hey can you move your hand can we slow down a moment etc
0: etc and that's a nice it's a kind way of of doing things because again you know as much as we might have issues communicating another person might have issues hearing them and communicating back as well so it's supposed to have an empathy for for a lot of people coming into that so do you think that there is you know gender obviously plays a lot of roles and looking at things like gender you know how does that come into things because I saw one study from 2009 and if anyone wants to look at it you can find it online it's called the role of sexual mindfulness in sexual well-being relationship well-being and self-esteem and it said that um, basically a lot more women are more into sexual mindfulness than men so to speak and it said that men may be less likely to be sexually mindful due to pressure to be sexually assertive so here we go back to the traditional roles about sex and who gets to be the dominant partner or the submissive partner and not necessarily in a kink kind of way just in a stereotypical gender kind of way so do you find that with the people that you work with that gender comes into things like that
1: absolutely and i just want to be clear i think that regardless of your gender or your sex you can benefit from more mindfulness, it just so happens that because of the things that you're speaking to and the structure of our society and the expectations placed on women, that we find ourselves to be in a little bit more need of mindfulness, right? Number one, because we don't innately have an understanding of the vulva and how it works and how to pleasure it, right? In the same way that we sort of innately understand a a penis or a phallus and how to pleasure it and how it works, right? So we need to sort of get in between our ears and get into our brains a little bit more to make those connections. I think that mindfulness and meditation and all of those things have also been feminized and sort of placed in the on the side of the court where women reside and less on the side where men reside. Uh, and again, this is because of our social structure and our constructs and our understanding around what gender is and how it functions for us. But I don't think that innately anyone born into anybody deserves, needs, or should have more mindfulness or less. All of this is nurture. None of it is nature, in my opinion. Um, and I'm actually, I have a book right here that I'm reading right now about women's u- women using mindfulness to their benefit and how much it enhances and helps women, people who have had um, different surgeries on their genitals due to certain cancers, et cetera, et cetera, and helping them reconnect with their bodies um, and it's specific to women because of the things that we're talking about. Um, this my my a lot of mindfulness studies have been specific to women and their sexuality because of our social structure, not at all because of nature, but because of how we live.
0: Yeah, and the toxic masculinity that's there that says, "Oh, men can't do yoga classes or mindfulness or all that kind of stuff," which we know is just. Nonsense so like and I think like that same study as well they they said things like individuals so any gender who are mindful in their relationships are generally more satisfied with their relationships and experience less relationship stress so it really seems like you know bringing mindfulness into sex gives you that closer connection with each other but also brings a sense of calm into the relationship overall so that's a lovely thing and it's it's just such a pity that we don't talk about that enough you know we I find that like we we, we miss out the emotional side of sex quite a lot you know we're so focused on here's how you make someone squirt or here's mm-hmm. how you give a good good hand job and they're obviously all valid things that you know we, we should know anyway but the emotional side and, and how to have that connection just seems to be missing and it's definitely missing from sex education over here definitely I'm sure over in the states as well yeah. it's yeah. absolutely yeah. there yeah And so how can we empower people a bit more to even you know even begin to embrace that kind of emotional
1: side of things you know for me it's about starting in areas that are low stakes and this is something I talk about a lot with my clients if you aren't mindful when you're eating it's going to be really hard to take that over into communicating with your partner and then communicating with your partner about sex if we don't practice mindfulness in other areas of our life it's really challenging in a high stakes situation like sex, whether it be with ourselves or with our partners. And I think that until we take the leap and we take the first steps and we begin to see the benefits, like, hey, when I am driving and I'm more mindful, I'm taking in the scenery. I'm, If it's a certain season, I'm noticing like in the spring, how gorgeous the trees are. If it's the fall, I'm noticing the leaves changing colors. And that experience is pleasurable for me, right? If I'm more mindful when I'm with my children, I'm noticing things about them as they grow that I wouldn't if I was just with them and thinking about something else, right? So we have to see the benefits firsthand in our own lives. It's not enough for you and I to advocate and have this conversation and say, mindfulness is great. It changed my life. You have to take the first step in one one tiny, small area of your life and just commit to it, give it a few weeks and see the benefits, document the benefits, notice the benefits of being more mindful. And once you do, you'll understand that once I take this practice into my sex life, the benefits will be that much more rich and that much more enhancing to my pleasure and my partner's pleasure. It really is a domino effect.
0: Uh, yeah for sure I I know at the moment like maybe we maybe we wouldn't name it as mindfulness but maybe you know I I don't know about New York but we're over here in lockdown still in Ireland but myself and my partner we've gone out for walks as much as we can and it's springtime so we're noticing oh look there's all the irises coming up there's the daffodils and we'll sometimes walk past the same batch and we're like oh are they up yet you know are they are they you know properly flowering and maybe we wouldn't have named something like that as mindfulness but it feels like i would have said like good quality time where we're not on our phones we're observing the world around us we're talking to each other and going look like that's that's a really beautiful thing and look at the gorgeous color of those snowdrops over there something like that and it it just i think when we come back home it feels like oh we actually had some really good quality Mm -hmm. time there rather than sitting on the couch on
1: our phones (laughs) watching tv so (laughs) I would say that's absolutely a mindfulness practice and something like that and you sharing that makes it more accessible to people, right? You don't have to have an expo- an expensive yoga pillow and all the incense and hire a, a meditation leader. You don't have to do any of that. You can go for a walk and practice mindfulness. And look, you're experiencing things and noticing things that you otherwise would not. And that's really what it's all about, and doing so without judgment.
0: I think, the, yeah, the without judgment part is really interesting. You know, as Irish people, we're great at beating ourselves up quite a lot. And I'm sure that that's a universal thing sometimes. But then that part of letting go, then when it comes to things like sex, like sex is. You know good sex you know air bunny quotes is not necessarily about technique sometimes of course that's also a great thing but it can be about letting go and being vulnerable and being in the moment but again scary for a lot of people and we have that little voice in our head of like oh what if and that fear of judgment especially if we're into something that might be a little bit outside the norm quote because there's no such thing as normal when it comes to sex so let's make sure we know that but so what are your thoughts on how people can get a lot more comfortable? Is there like bite-sized little chunks of, you know, here's a bit of vulnerability that I can try? So obviously that's going to come down to communication and things like that as well.
1: Yes, this is a huge obstacle for a lot of people. And I think that it's important to name that mindfulness and really integrating it into your life and integrating non-judgment into your life is work, right? The definition of mindfulness is simple and it seems very accessible and easy, but at the end of the day, it's challenging because of the way we are conditioned. So it takes time to really get to a place where you are able to have a thought, have a judgment appear and say, yep, that's what that is, and sort of press it aside and move forward with whatever you're doing. And I think just keeping at it, um, maybe finding some other people who are also on the journey with you, whether that be through social media, whether that be through podcasts like this whether that be you form a group with your friends or you and your partner take this on and you and you sort of have a dialogue regularly about what you're dealing with and how things are going i think those can be some approaches you can take to help you get through the journey I am a huge, huge advocate for journaling regularly, writing your thoughts, your experiences down and sort of having an internal dialogue with you and the page. Um, And going back and reading those thoughts, reading those ideas, reading those experiences again and tracking your progress this is not something that's going to happen overnight. This is another lifelong journey sort of thing and lifelong commitment to unlearning and relearning. So having a way to document that can be really, really great, but ultimately just having the mindset that, okay, I don't have to be perfect at this. I don't have to get it right. right because there is no such thing as getting it right. There's only trying and attempting and fully committing wholeheartedly every single day to it. Um, But understand that it is going to be a challenge and it's not supposed to be easy. And you're really altering the way that you are conditioned to think and process emotions and process feelings. Also, the other thing that comes up a lot for people around sex is shame, a lot of fear and things like that. So tracking down sort of the sources of that for you where did it come from, so that you understand that it's not actually yours. It's not your own innate and inherent thinking about sex. It came from society. It came from a parent. It came from a past partner who told you something that actually wasn't true, but still instilled fear, shame, doubt in you. I think that is another great way to sort of overcome where some of those judgments might be coming from.
0: I'm really glad that yeah you listed all of those because they can all be in our head sometimes like if we grow up in very sex negative societies and the messages and especially maybe if you're on the femme side of things that sometimes we get harder go of things than maybe someone on, on the more masculine side of things but the impact of that on things like our orgasm I think we can be really focused on orgasm when it comes to sex because orgasms are pretty awesome they're a great thing um but we kind of forget sometimes that sex doesn't have to include orgasms it's not a mandatory part of sex but sometimes they're tricky little things and sometimes if we're in our own heads too much it can make an orgasm just not happen at all because we're so focused in our head rather than in the moment or the body or, or things like that so how do we get past that aspect of, of, I think we can be just like, oh, why can't I come? Is there something wrong with me? Like, do I need like a medical checkup? Is there like a condition? And maybe it's just getting out of our heads might be something that kind of breaks that breaks the I was gonna say molds there. that breaks the um you know the impasse I suppose.
1: Yes, for me, talking when we talk about sex, we have to talk about everything. We have to talk about society. We have to talk about our conditioning. And what you're bringing up is a super important point. Like this, this bit of information really set me free a few years ago. And I'm hoping it will help whoever is listening that might be dealing with what you're talking about, not being able to get out of your head enough in order to orgasm. There are many, many, many people who can orgasm by themselves, but not with a partner. Or sometimes they can, sometimes they can't. Sometimes it's more intense, and sometimes it's kind of a more disappointing, less intense orgasm. We live in a society that is very goal-oriented. We rarely do something for the sake of enjoying it. It's always about getting to an end result, and sex is one of those things, and it calls for us to reach for an orgasm, and the goal at the end of sex is the orgasm, right, I would argue that the goal of sex is pleasure, connection, whether you're connecting with yourself or your partner or partners, um, and not necessarily having an orgasm. And again, if we harken back to the definition of mindfulness, focusing on the present task without any judgment, the present task is not orgasm. The present task is the sex and the pleasure that you're enjoying with your partner. So focusing on that is a way to get out of your head. And again, calling in your senses to help ground you in your body, focusing on touch and the sensations you feel. What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you see? Really important as well. If you're a visual person like I am um, and calling in those things to help you focus on the pleasure and not be thinking about the end of the finish line, the end of the race, which is the orgasm, right? Because then if you're thinking about the orgasm, you're missing out on the pleasure that is happening. And being more pleasure-centered in your sexual experiences will help you orgasm. Ironically enough, it may help you experience orgasm more easily, right? So often in life, the thing that we want the most and we strive for and we're fighting to get sometimes escapes us simply because we are trying to fight for it so hard. And while I'm not an advocate for people to stop trying to have orgasms, It's really important to also remember that you can have really fulfilling sex that does not include an orgasm at all. I know I've had really beautiful sexual experiences that did not result in me having an orgasm. And I've had really unfulfilling sexual experiences that resulted in me having an orgasm, right? So shifting our focus and shifting our priorities so that we can enjoy it, focus more on enjoying the moment and being present and sort of shaking up what society tells us, which is we need to achieve a goal. And say, no, I'm going to do this for the sake of doing it. I'm going to do this to see what happens and connect with my partner rather than just to have an orgasm. Because if the point, to be honest, if the point of having sex is just to have an orgasm, I can do that by myself in four minutes, as I said before, right? (laughs) So if we know that that's not the only point and the only thing that we want to get out of this, this situation and the only way that we can benefit Why not focus more on our pleasure, on our sensory experience instead? Absolutely. And I definitely hear you on
0: the unsatisfying sex, even if there is an orgasm involved part of of things. I've been there done that like far too many times. But I think you're raising a really good point there about how we're redefining what pleasure is and there's so much Though you know there's pleasure in you know the mental stimulation of say if you're involved in kink if you're you know giving over your power to someone or your you know that power exchange part there's not necessarily an orgasm in that but there's a lot of like mental pleasure to be had in that or I remember reading a discussion online and it was um, how do I think it was about lesbians and it was like how do lesbians get pleasure um, if they're you know, stimulating a blowjob on a strap on like because there's no sensation there. And it was like, you're missing so many points about pleasure in that it doesn't have to be skin on skin. And there's people who can have an orgasm from giving a blowjob, if it's to an actual penis or a toy, whatever. There's so much like mental pleasure, stimulation, sensation everything like that so it doesn't it's not all about the clitoris or whatever happens to be and and the earth chattering orgasm there's pleasure in so many different ways and even like even the pleasure of just touch like and and the intimacy that touch can bring and um you know we've talked with um, Yoni Elkin on the podcast before about the joy of just touch and sometimes that can be platonic touch and sometimes it's sexual touch but even just cuddling with someone like there's no orgasm in that but it really brings such a sense of intimacy that might be more satisfying than penetration or whatever it happens to be
1: Exactly one of my fa- I lo- I love this. So far this year I've been having a lot of discussions about expanding our definition of what pleasure is, how it works, why we want it, and what you're saying is so important. One of the things I love to Um, suggest to some of the couples that I work with and the clients that I work with is to schedule sex and schedule intimacy. But with the caveat that if sex is not the thing that you need the most to connect in that moment, opt for something else. Maybe you cuddle, maybe you both put your phones away and you meditate, maybe you give each other back rubs, right? How can we expand our ideas around what pleasure is and how we're going to get it? Because penetration, oral sex, Whatever it is that you and your partner do may not always be the best way to connect or the best way to experience pleasure in a given moment. So really just sort of blowing up our our sort of scripted definitions of what pleasure and intimacy look like can give us so many more options and can give us so many more opportunities to really experience authentic pleasure.
0: Mm, and and uh, yeah, and the power in being able to define that for yourself is such a, a lovely thing. You, you remind me as well, I went to a workshop years ago in the days we could do workshops in, in person and we had to do, I think it was in New Zealand, Maori greeting and it was where you put your foreheads together and I think you hold on to each other's forearms and just focus on that moment. So you're kind of, you're aware of each other's breathing and you're not like, nose to nose you're more forehead to forehead and it's like a triangle almost and that was like I did that with a stranger it was kind of almost unnerving because of how intimate it was and I was like oh I'm kind of surprised by how into this I am I like at at first you're like well why would touching your head be an intimate thing (laughs) like what's going on with that but it was really like okay this is such a tiny simple thing that most of us can do but like absolutely changed my outlook on things like what intimacy can be and I think like again maybe that comes under the category of mindfulness maybe like taking that minute to stop and and connect and and be in that moment for people
1: maybe. I love that I'm thinking about pressing my forehead to a stranger's forehead and touching them. And it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, even as a person who is pretty open to intimacy and pretty open to being around other people and touching people. But that's really intimate. It's almost like looking someone directly in the eyes, you know, someone you don't know for an extended period of time. But it also is a form of platonic touch, much like you brought up earlier. That's really an important part of our whole human experience and a way of accessing pleasure through through that act. That's really interesting.
0: Mm, and the, the breath part is really interesting because, you know, we don't pay attention to our breathing most of the time in our non-mindfulness world. But when you're up close and personal with someone and that's all that's going on, it, it's, you know, you get to learn about how they breathe and things like that. So is that something that we can bring into sex, you know, if we're, if we're just sitting there naked with someone else and, and maybe like hands on each other's chests? And because that seems like a lovely, calm way to bring in mindfulness.
1: Yes, I love the practice of sitting across from a partner, you can sit cross leg, however, and just simply pressing your hand to their chest and having them press their hand to yours, or you can spoon and try to sync up your breathing, you can lay sort of back to back and try to sync up your breathing before sex. Focusing on your breath is a really great way to bring you into your body and help you sort of drop down out of your head into your body. That's why people love meditation so much, because a lot of it really is about focusing on your breath and doing deep breathing. Because like you said, a lot of us don't pay attention to our breathing right now. Like I remember this morning when I woke up, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental chatter. And I just suddenly said, and took a deep breath and it helped me sort of compartmentalize and organize my brain a little bit and feel more present. Breathing really helps to act or excuse me, deactivate, not activate, but deactivate and sort of slow down our nervous system so that we can get out of our, you know, our hustle and bustle mode and into like, okay, I'm here right now. Let me observe what's going on and have a sensory experience so I can move forward with our, with my day. Um, And that's a great, great way to connect with your partner, because then you're both in a mental space where you're more present and you don't have to worry like, is he or she, are they distracted right now when we're trying to have sex or are they even present while I'm going down on, them are they thinking about something else right if you have a mindfulness practice where you both take a few minutes to sync up your breathing focus on your breath drop down into your bodies then that becomes not a concern
0: that's a that's a really interesting point i know like we're saying oh you know we can be in our head and thinking about work or whatever and and all that kind of thing but I read about someone who said a sex therapist had given them advice on you know engaging in fantasies during sex and they said actually they found that had the opposite effect of of a happier sex life because it made them focus on the fantasy rather than focus on the actual encounter what was going on there and I thought okay that's interesting kind of food for thought because that's fairly common advice that a, a lot of people might engage with and it would work for some people obviously But in this case, I found it interesting that they were saying actually that drove a a
1: bigger wedge in the relationship. So what, what were your thoughts on that? That's really interesting. And I can see why. Um, A lot of us struggle with performativity during sex and performing pleasure. What I mean by that is maybe making sounds that don't authentically represent what you're feeling, which in some cases is okay, right? I'm a big fan of making sounds to sort of remind, again, giving myself an auditory experience to remind my brain that, hey, be in the moment, you're experiencing pleasure come down into your body, right? But if you're faking sounds, faking body motions, faking whatever in order to convey to your partner that you're experiencing pleasure that you're not, that's performative. It's inauthentic. And it also takes you out of the moment because you're focused on performing and not focused on authentically being where you are. And if you are playing out some sort of fantasy, whether that be role play or a location that you like to have sex in, or you fantasize about having sex in, or whatever. You might be doing some costuming. Who knows? If you're more focused on that than being authentically in the moment, then maybe that's not for you. All of our fantasies don't have to be played out, right? And I'm a huge fan of being open to failure during sex, right? If I have a fantasy and I want to try it and then I get to it and it doesn't work, it's like, okay, well, this can remain a fantasy for me. And I now know this thing that I've been thinking about doing doesn't actually work in real time, but that's okay because it can stay a fantasy and that's fine. It has a place.
0: Yeah, and it can just be something you can think about your masturbation or whatever, but yeah, it's a lot of fantasies aren't realistic and we can't all be astronauts or whatever we're into in our <laughs> fantasies going on. Translate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or multiple people. Sometimes you're like, Oh, the logistics are just really complicated. So <laughs> let's change that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like I like what you're saying there. I think sometimes we can hide behind things when it comes to sex rather than embrace that vulnerability. And I know like myself that took me a long time to be able to be truly vulnerable and um, when it came to things like sex but that was you know as a result of things like trauma and and just not knowing what sex really was and you know not having great education so I think yeah recognizing that okay people do hide behind things and that's not a bad thing it's just like we're products of our life and our society and, and things like that so yeah do, do you have that advice then for like So for the people who are kind of coming to that realization that actually I really want my sex life to be really authentic. What's just kind of one good tip to kind of tip them over the edge and get them started on that path towards authentic sex? I know like you've given out a million good tips already, but just for those who are like, oh, this is sparking some thoughts in me. I think like
1: oh, I'm going to try this now. I would say if you're going to start on a path toward more authentic pleasure and authentic sex, start building a pleasure practice with yourself. Um, And what do I mean by that? I I often say things that make sense in my head that don't always translate to the way other people think. I believe that the most important sexual relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. You can be married for 50 years and have 29 children with someone. Still, you need to have, a practice that's centered around your own sexuality and exploring that with yourself. And pleasure practices, like we've kind of just dis- discussed with partnered sex, don't always have to be explicitly sexual. You can have a pleasure practice that is every Sunday afternoon I take a long bubble bath where I use rose petals and different oils and all kinds of stuff to make myself feel good and have that sensory experience of the warm water flowing over my body and. Maybe I'll grab a toy every other Sunday if I'm feeling it, but you don't have to have an explicitly sexual experience, but how can you cultivate intimacy with yourself? That way you understand where the bar is when you are with your partner. If you can give yourself really authentic pleasure, whether it be, you know, maybe your partner's not home or you don't live with them, or maybe you don't have one right now, but you still take yourself on a date. We're on, we're in COVID right now in, in New York, the going out to dinner situation, going out to anything situation is complicated. But if you're in your home and you light candles, you play music, you get dressed up for yourself, you cook yourself an extravagant meal, you eat it, you hang out with yourself, you read a book and you just sort of indulge in an experience that you would probably give to a partner, but you give it to yourself instead, right? And that may include sexual pleasure or masturbation at the end, Or it may not, but having some kind of practice that helps you sort of understand what your threshold is or what your preferences are for pleasure and how you want to be sort of loved and and, um, engaged with intimately will enhance how you show up when you are with a partner. I think that a lot of us sort of skip over dating ourselves or treating ourselves as our main or primary partner, even in relationships, because we have this fear that we're going to make our partners feel inadequate, which is normal. As you said, we're products of our environment. It's not necessarily bad that we believe that and we move in that way, but we have to understand that that's not actually the way we are designed to live. We can have partners. We can have beautiful productive, beneficial relationships with our partners and still center our sexual sexuality around ourselves and and benefit in a different way from our own sexual experiences with ourselves that then inform our partnered experiences. I hope that makes sense. No,
0: it does. It, it fills me with a lovely sense of calmness, actually. It's just, it's nice <laughs> listening to you and, and thinking... Yeah, like, that's not unachievable. Like, you're not talking about moving mountains and and things like that. And even for some of us who may be just absolutely terrified of starting the process, it's even little things like that, what you're saying, it's all achievable. And, you know, the ability is there for us to define that in lots of different ways. So I really love that just that calm approach that that you're bringing in and, and yeah it is it is accessible so it, as much as we might not maybe at the start of the podcast understood mindfulness hopefully now people have and went oh yeah actually I can totally do something like that so that's a lovely thing um where can people find you if they want to learn some more because I hope people do go go learn some more and because it's just god we all need a bit of calmness and kindness in in these kind of times it's it's you know pandemic times are not kind to sex lives or or to bodies or
1: mental health and things like that so oh not great yeah. so yeah I, I hear that and before I share I just want to say I think that is the the thing that we need to add or the asterisk we need to add to this conversation is right now is a really hard time for everyone and that without judgment part of what we've been talking about is actually really 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 crucial because these are not normal circumstances, right? None of us are living in our normal circumstances. So if these concepts and these practices are particularly challenging right now, that's okay. But they're also particularly necessary for us right now. But if you're finding hard, finding it harder to get jump-started and really get into the flow, that is fine. Take your time, be gentle, be compassionate with yourself. Um, as far as where people can find me, my website is froeticsexology.com. I do offer a bi-monthly newsletter that is, is exclusive to that community. Everything that is shared there is not shared anywhere else, um, and it's a great resource where I share coaching tips and things of that nature to that online community. My social media across the board is also Froetic Sexology. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Brilliant. Oh, no, thank-
0: and your YouTube or your Instagram is amazing as well. It's a lovely, calm place. So that's like, oh, that's a nice thing to have. So I definitely recommend all the listeners to pop over and, and check it out. So um, thanks a mil, Portia, for today. I just found that really calming. I feel all it's zen good. now. So it's a good thing um, and I hope all my listeners do as well thanks Emil for for listening and staying with us and hopefully that was a nice little oasis in the midst of pandemic uh nightmares and things like that so um like I said at the top of the hour you can reach out if you want to dm it's twitter and instagram it's glow west podcast if you want to support the podcast it's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack and I will chat to you next week and hopefully we will still be in our, our lovely state of zen when it comes to next week bye